Welcome to the official podcast of North Park Church. This week, we kick off a brand new message series entitled New Mercies. Join in in the next few weeks as we talk about seasons of change, change that's really great and change that can be a little bit tougher to deal with. We're going to look at it from a biblical perspective and see why change can be a wonderful thing. Just because it's different doesn't mean it can't be great. Starting a brand new series called New Mercies. Now before we go to Ecclesiastes, uh, my mind immediately goes to this passage that I love. In the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 through 23. And this is what it says. The faithful love of the Lord, it never ends. And I don't know about you, but I am very grateful that the love of God never ends. It's never going to run out. No matter how much you need grace, no matter how many times you have to ask forgiveness, you don't have to worry about getting to the end of God's love and his love running out. And I'll be honest, I struggled with that when I was younger. Like I had to ask the Lord for forgiveness so much. It's like, am I going to get to an end where Jesus goes, that's really enough, okay? I mean, let's be real. That's, I mean, we're not going to keep doing this, are we? And, and I struggled with that, and, and I began to realize that, that the faithful love of the Lord, it never ends. And His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every single morning. When you woke up this morning, you woke up to new mercy. You woke up to this fresh love of God that really never ceases. I love the way the message paraphrase puts these words. Okay, so Lamentations 3, 22 through 24. This is the way the message paraphrase puts it. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love could not have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness. And then I like this part. I'm sticking with God. And I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. And you may be here today going through some stuff. And you may say, you know what? I'm holding on to the Lord with everything I've got within me, and he is everything that I've got left. And let me just say to you, and then this is not like some churchy, like Christianese kind of thing to say, you know, because we can get very like Christian on people, you know what I mean? And, and, and that's one reason that I don't like to tell people that I'm a pastor. I don't. Like when somebody says, what do you do? I just sit there for a second, and I'm like, what am I going to say this time? And normally I say I'm a motivational speaker. Um, because when the moment you tell people you're, you're a pastor, the whole conversation changes, and they start talking in a way that they don't normally talk. You know what I mean? And so this isn't me trying to be super spiritual on you. This is just what's true. If Jesus is God, all you've got left I believe with all my heart he really is all that you need. He's everything that you need in your life. This morning we went around the room with our, um, our, our team, our volunteers, who are an amazing part of North Park Church. Can we give it up for our volunteers who make this a great place to call home? And we just walked around uh, as we were taking communion together, which is something we're going to do at the end of service today. And, and, and I asked them, like, just finish this sentence. Jesus is my blank. Like, what is Jesus to you? 
And people begin to say, Jesus is my peace, and Jesus is my hope, and Jesus is my comfort. He's my protector. Someone said, Jesus is my Xanax. I love that. Like, no matter what you're facing, Jesus is what you need. And, and in my mind, I just, I just said, he's, he's everything. Like, no matter what you need, like, that's who Jesus is in your life. And so if you'd say, that's all I've got left, then you can rest in the assurance that he really is all that you need. And when I read that verse, I was reminded of that old hymn that we grew up singing, you know. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Jamie, finish it. Great is thy faithfulness. You remember singing that song growing up? And we sang these wonderful hymns about how great his faithfulness is to us. Lord unto me. And these were powerful songs that really shaped our mindset as, as young followers of Jesus. And these songs reminded us of the fact that God's love never ends. And his faithfulness will be with us to, to, the, to the very ends of the earth. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you can be certain of one thing. That even though God never changes, you will experience change. And I love the fact that as a follower of Jesus, that, that God is so constant. Like I can count on his mercies being new every day. I can count on the fact that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will not change. He is constant. But as I look around the room, we are not. We are constantly changing. And everything about us and our relationships and our circumstances and our family dynamics and our careers and our dreams and the things that are important to us and the world that we live in, everything around us is constantly changing. And so are we. Change is inevitable. There's one thing that I, I get to see as your pastor of 16 years. I get to see how much you've changed. Like I'm looking out and I'm seeing adults right now who I've watched my, my, my ministry, like watch them grow up. Like I'm, I'm looking at people right now around the room that are adults and have kids and are married and I'm like, how did you get there? Like, cause you're, I remember, like, you're just like always like little, and now you're big. There's like kids visiting today, and in my mind, they're little, but but the Smitley grandkids, they're adults. I'm like, what's happening? Like, everything around us is changing. And I, and I look at my life over the last couple of years, and it's like there's nothing in my life that's the same. Like my kids are older and your kids are older and I look the same, but you look older. And like there's like so much change that's happening around us. One of my favorite theologians and, and, and such great speaker of wisdom, Thomas Rhett, um, writes this in his country song, Life Changes. Ain't it funny how life changes? You wake up, ain't nothing the same, and life changes. You can't stop it. Just hop on the train. You never know what's going to happen. You make plans, and I like this part, and you hear God laughing. Life changes, and I wouldn't change it for the world, and I wouldn't change it for the world. The only thing constant in your life is change. And as a leader, when we go to these conferences, we're taught that you have to be careful when you make changes. 
Like you have to be careful when you change in your organization and on your teams. You see this in your jobs and, and, and on the teams that you serve. When you make changes, like, like people just like freak out. Like the TV, we did that on purpose to show you like things, like freak out. And, 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 and change causes people to freak out. I remember being in a session years ago and the title stuck with me. And the title was How to Execute Change Without Being Executed. And what that implies is people fight against change so much that if you change things in the wrong way, then they're going to execute you, you know? And, and it's funny because, like, we all feel it when things change. I remember walking into a Target one day, and they had completely, like, flipped the Target. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the whole place had been through renovation, and the whole thing was flipped. And I'm like, am I in an alternate universe? And, and I love Target, but I'm like, what is happening? Like this, I was frustrated, and then I got angry. And I'm like, no one consulted with me about this change. Nobody asked my opinion if I wanted, you know, the fruit to be on the other side. Like I was looking fruit. Like if they wanted the donuts to be on the other side. You know what I mean? And, and so, like, when we experience change, there is something about it that we fight against. But I'm convinced that people really do like change. And I know change can be difficult, but think about it. We pay for therapists to help us change our mindset. Um, we pay for trainers to help us change our bodies. We go buy new clothes all the time, right? It's a new season. How many of you are so excited that it's fall because you like your fall clothes better than your summer clothes? Anybody else? Man, I love fall, man. I'm like, let me get those sweaters out and those boots and those quarter zips. Got the puffy vest. I'm so ready, Kevin, for our season. This is our, this is our time, you know? This is our time. I know. I, I, I love a new season. So we like change, we, we, we like getting that new car smell, and we like to go sit down and, and get our hair cut. And it's like, give me a new do, you know. I always say that, and it looks exactly the same, you know. But it's like, I feel like it's new because it's a haircut. And it's so funny because people will tell me, you look thinner. I just got my hair cut, so I just keep getting it as short as I possibly can because that's easier than working out. But I think we actually do like change. I remember when I was going from my sophomore year to my junior year. This is the biggest, this is the biggest like transition ever. Because I'm not an underclassman anymore. Now I'm what? I'm an upperclassman. And during that summer, I had gotten a new vehicle. It wasn't like a brand new vehicle, but I upgraded. It was new to me. And I went from my 1980 Toyota Corolla with an 8-track player in it, okay, to a Ford Escort GT with the ground effects. You know what I'm saying? It was bad. It was candy apple red. It had a sunroof. It had a spoiler. Like, I'm like, yeah, Ford Escort, baby. Yeah, it was like not as cool as I thought. And, and so in my head, this is my time. I, I'm, I'm an upperclassman. I've got a new car. I need a new look to go with a new car. And so I step out of my, my red Ford Escort GT my 11th grade year. I want you to see it. I just got to paint the picture, y'all. You can see it like a movie, like I stepped out, like I heard the music playing. And I came out in white Levi jeans with a black silk shirt that had white polka dots on it. And the sleeves were white but had black polka dots on it. Black suede shoes, you pull them up, black socks, white polka dots. And to top it off, gold chain. 
that my mama didn't know I had because she wouldn't let me wear jewelry. So I had to like hide the gold chain. So this was, this was my year. Like I am going to be the man, you know. So I changed my look. But one thing that didn't change, I still was not the man, okay. So that went back really quickly. But like we like, we like change. So it's not that people don't like change. Here's the problem. It's an undeniable fact that change is difficult. How many of you would just say, like, amen, change can be difficult, right? And so life change is really hard, so why? So let's look at a couple of reasons why I think it's hard. I think we have an unhealthy view of change. I got a lot of stuff to tell you today so you can take good notes. We have an unhealthy view of change. We grew up listening to these phrases like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And we assume in our minds that because something is going to be different, that all of a sudden, like, different in our minds equals not as great, you know? Like if, like if I ask somebody, like, how do you like your job? And you say, well, that's different. But that even implies that you don't like it, right? It's this idea that just because it's different means well, it's probably not going to be as great as it was before the change. And you've heard me say a lot over the last couple of years that just because it's different doesn't mean it can't be amazing. Just because life changes and just because you walk through a season of change, whether it's a change you wanted or a change that was somewhat forced upon you because of circumstances, that doesn't mean that it can't be absolutely amazing. Maybe you get a new supervisor on your job and you just assume new supervisor means you're not going to like it as much. Or, or, or for some reason you get phased out of your position and, and you have to get this new job all together. And so just the idea of having to find another job and start over and start from scratch and start fresh, like you just automatically assume in your life it's not going to be as good as it was. And so you have an unhealthy view of change. But here's what I would say to you, just because life is different. Just because your future is not what you dreamed, hoped, planned, or even prayed that it would be, just because it's different than what your 5, 10, 15 year plan laid out, doesn't mean it can't be absolutely amazing and exactly how God wants to bless your life or bless your life. Here's the second thing we don't know what we don't know. And so I think that's one reason we fight against change or we don't like change or it's, it's hard for us, it's difficult, is because we have this fear of the unknown. We don't know what this is going to be like. And so it could be good, but it could be bad. And so we don't like that idea. We also have this, this difficult thing of the fact that change is work. And the process of change takes a lot of effort. I know Micah was on a basketball team, and, 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 and I remember like the theme for the year was trust the process, right? Which implies we're going through change here. We're rebuilding something. We're doing something different. And so you've got to trust the process, which implies by its very nature that the process is going to be difficult. That walking through the change is going to be hard. And, and, and it's going to affect all of these people and your emotions and all of these things. And so the process in of itself takes a lot of effort. And we don't always want to put in the effort. We don't want to put in the work. Here's another thing. We like it that way. We don't want to change. We like it the way it was. And so we fight against anything that, that goes against the way that, that we really want it to be. Or, or it's just comfortable that way. And here's the thing about it. We'll get trapped into some negative things because we get comfortable. 
or we're not sure how it's going to be if we try to get out of this thing. You may, you may be in a, in a position or a job that you don't even like. I mean, you, you may dread going to work every day, but you're stuck there because you're afraid if you do something different, that's going to be worse than this. So you have this idea in your mind, well, at least I know what the problems are here. I don't know what the problems are over there. And so I'll just deal with this because I don't really know how it's going to turn out if I do something different or if I begin to walk through some change. And so we just kind of get comfortable. We get trapped in unhealthy relationships that way, unhealthy jobs or circumstances that way. I had a great friend who told me something that's really stuck in my head, and I apply it to a lot of different situations. But he said, I didn't know how much pain I was in until I had back surgery. Until I experienced freedom from the pain. I didn't even realize how bad the pain was until it was gone. What happened? He got so comfortable living with the pain that he didn't even realize how deep and how bad the pain had gotten until he experienced freedom from it. And some of you, you don't even really understand how bad your relationship is because you, you're so comfortable in it or how bad the position is or how bad maybe the financial situation. Like we just get so comfortable in those situations that we're not even willing to do what's necessary to see the change even a positive direction in our life because we get comfortable even in the negative things. And here's the other thing. Change is too risky and it's scary and it's uncertain. And one of the things that we fear is it's just never going to work out. Then no matter what direction this goes, no matter what I try to do here, no matter what change is even kind of forced upon me, I just fear it's just going to end badly. But here's what I would say to you, and I'm going to give you hope. This sounds bad. I'm going to give you hope, okay? Here's the thing. Your life is going to change whether you like it or not. And I know there are some changes that they happen in your life because you make those decisions. You know, I say a lot when we talk about leadership that, that culture is created with decisions that you intentionally make, right? But unhealthy culture is created because of decisions that you don't make, right? So change is going to happen in your life whether you make conscious, intentional decisions or change is just going to happen because it's a natural part of life and it's going to happen whether you want to or not. So let's just think about it for a second, all right? Just you, put a mirror in front of your face. Five years ago, think about where your life was. Think about what you were concerned about. Think about what you were worried about. Think about how you spent your time. Think about where your relationships were. Think about what you were doing five years ago. And now think about where you are today. And I would be willing to argue that you've experienced a lot of personal change in the last five years of your life. And I think it would be reasonable to assume that in the next five years you're going to experience even more change, and that's not a bad thing. Now let's look at Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes was written by King Solomon. And Solomon was king over Israel. He was the son of King David, the giant killer. And, and Solomon has been labeled as the wisest man who ever lived. I'm not sure I buy it because I know about Mr. Miyagi, so maybe a close second to that guy in the Karate Kid. But like this is the wisest guy we say is, that's ever lived. And Ecclesiastes is a, a reflection. It's, it's his journal. I'm not sure he meant to make it public, but his journal is public. And we call it Ecclesiastes. And, and he realized that the seasons of life come and go, they march on whether we like it or not. And when life changes, and we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we can respond in one of two ways. 
Either we can look at the change and dismiss it. Like we can go into denial and say, I'm not going to be open to this change. I'm not going to try to embrace this change. I'm going to fight against this change. I don't like this part of my life. I don't like the way this is happening. I don't like the direction this is going. And we can dismiss that change as it's just absurd and we're going to fight against it with everything we have within us. Or we can embrace the change as it is a part of our story And we can learn from it, and we can steward it well. And I think this first part, like if we dismiss it, I think what happens is is that leads us to disillusionment and hurt. But when we embrace the change as a part of our story and recognize our story is always continually being written and, and that we can learn from those experiences in our life and we can recognize there's things in that change that God is using for, 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 for our life and our good and his story and, and, and for, for the good of those that love him and are according to, according to his purpose and we steward it well, what happens is that leads us to experience joy and fulfillment in our life. Now let's look at the verses. So Solomon says, for everything there is a season. And just kind of let that sit for a second. There's a lot of verses here, but, but, but zero in on that. Like zoom in on that. For everything there is a season. And there is a time for every activity under heaven. There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. There's a time to plant and there's a time for harvest. There's a time to kill and there's a time to heal. There's a time to tear down and then there's a time to build up. There's this great passage of scripture that says that that there is a time to, to uproot, tear down, and destroy so that we can build and plant. You know, I, I was riding down Strickland the other day, and, and there, there, there's like a whole new school over there. Like, where in the world did that school come from? It's like overnight, like West Millbrook Middle School, just like, bam, just came out of nowhere. And it's this beautiful school sitting there in the place of what used to be an eyesore. And and I was blown away how beautiful this school looked. But they couldn't build this beautiful school without first what? There was something that had to be torn down. There was something that had to be uprooted. There was something that had to be destroyed so that something had room to grow and and be built. And and basically what Solomon is saying is there are some things in your life that that need to be built. There are some dreams that need to happen. There's some revival that needs to happen. There's some things that need to have room in your life to grow. But those things can't happen until we first do some tearing down and some uprooting and some destroying. There's some land that's got to be developed so something can grow in its place. And so Solomon is taking us through this. There's a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up. There's a time to cry and there's a time, there's a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. There's a time to keep and a time to throw away. There's a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet, and there's a time to speak. There's a time to love, there's a time to hate, not hate people, right? What breaks our heart should be broken by the things that breaks God's heart. What God loves, we love. What God hates, we should hate. A time for war and a time for peace. So there are all these seasons that are in our lives. And it's interesting that we know change. 
is a part of our life and that it's coming, but it still catches us off guard. I, I love to go to college football games. I, I love to go to any football games, high school, pro, it doesn't matter. I, I, I love sporting events. And one of my favorite things about going to, to NC State football games is the cannon that's in the end zone. And I love that cannon. And, and our seats that we typically would sit in, I always have a good view of kind of into that little, that little tunnel where they, they have that cannon. And you can see them, man. You can see them getting ready for that thing. You can see them getting prepped. And you can see them getting ready, right? And then it's like all of a sudden I get amnesia and forget they're there. And when that cannon explodes, it scares me every single time, you know. It's like I know we score. And I know when you score, like when NC State scores, like that thing's about to go off. And I can be celebrating, high-fiving, and when it goes off, I like want to fall underneath the chair every single time. I, I know it's coming, but it still catches me off guard. And I think change is that way. You know, I watch my kids growing, and I'm like, I know at the end of high school they're going to college. And when we got there, it caught me off guard. You know, like I, I've watched things happen in life, and I can see change coming, and, and I know it's going to happen. But, but when, it, when it comes, it, it's like it catches us off guard. Christmas is a prime example. We know it's coming every year, but we never budget for it. Right? We never think about it. And then we get there, and it's like December, and it's like, well, we didn't know it was coming. <laughs> How do we pay for all of that we just did? It's like it surprises us every time, right? It's coming. And so we know change is coming, but we still aren't quite ready for it. Change is a part of life, and it's coming. And that change is either going to bring us closer to God, closer to the heart of the Father, or that change is going to frustrate us. And we're going to fight against it. And when we begin to fight against this, it drives wedges in relationships. And it's going to draw us further away from him. And so what are you doing to steward the change that's happening or coming in your life to steward it well? I know as we were walking through some of these changes that we've experienced over the last few years, just a dear friend and brother who was praying over me one day prayed a couple of things that I just wrote down in my journal, and, and I wanted to share them with you. And this is what he prayed. He said, God, we can be so focused on what we've lost that we lose sight of what we've got left. And then he prayed this, God, I pray that those who are hurting don't miss what you're adding to their lives because all they can see is what they've lost. And if we aren't careful, we'll get so focused on, on what we maybe feel like we're losing in this season of change. And we're holding so hard to something that we need to let go of. There's a time to let go. That we miss what it is that God's adding to our life. We're holding on to past and we're holding on to hurt and, and we're holding on sometimes to bitterness and, and things that we really need to be able to let go of in order to move forward. And if we're so focused on what we've lost, if we're holding on to that past, what happens is, is we don't embrace what it is that God's doing. That new thing, that new mercy that comes in our life will miss out on what it is that God's doing because we're so focused on our hurt and how we've lost instead of focusing on healing and what it is that we have left. 
I hope you've had a, an opportunity to, to meet Shannon. Shannon is an amazing part of my life, and, and, uh, and, and my fiance, we're getting married soon, and that's a cool thing. And when we first met and we first started talking in this relationship, one of the things that we said that we had to do and do well was honor the legacy of Marianne and Jimmy, her late husband. And we made the decision from the very beginning that in this relationship that we would talk and we would share stories and we would share the things that those amazing two people have taught us because we are who we are today as a result of their investment in our life. And it would be a travesty if we didn't continue to honor their legacy. And so we share stories and we watch pictures and we watch videos and we talk about those things with our kids and and it's an amazing thing how we honor them in our life that, that even though I never met her late husband, Coach Jimmy Fields, who was an amazing high school football coach throughout his career, and, and, and I feel like I've developed a friendship with somebody that I've never met. And so we'll often talk about those nuggets of truth and wisdom that, that he and Marianne taught us and spoke over our life and spoke into our kids' lives. And, and, and that reminds me of this story or that reminds me of that lesson. And it's just this healthy thing that's happening as two families are being blended into one. And that's not an easy change for anybody to experience. It's not. It's, it's a change that, that we believe God's leading us into and we're finding such joy in, in that relationship. But that change doesn't come without frustration and some fear and, and trying to figure out how all this happens. But there's one thing that Coach Jimmy Fields would often say to his family and to Shannon and, and to his players. And, and, and even recently a, a picture showed up of one of the teams that he used to coach. And there's still a banner in that end zone that has this quote on it from Coach Jimmy Fields. But this is what he said. Live this day in view of that day. Because how we view change and how we view our challenges really comes down to our perspective. It goes back to that prayer. So focused on what I lost that I can't view what I have left. I, I'm so focused on what I don't have that I lose sight of what it is that God's giving to me and, and blessing my wife with and my life with. And I love this idea, live today, even in the change. Even in the challenge, live this day in view of that day. So what is that day? That's the day that we get to rejoice around the throne of God. Like that's the day that, 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 that has been stamped in our life as eternity. And, and the day when like there is no more pain and there is no more sorrow and there are no more challenges. And, and we get to experience heaven. We get to experience all that God designed for us to live. The only perfection that we'll ever experience is that day in that moment. But live this day in view of that. And recognize that the challenges that you're facing and the changes that you're walking through, even though they can be difficult and they can be scary, they are temporary. And we must be willing to trust God in every season of life, in every circumstance of life, because He is a God who can always be trusted. There's a time and season for everything, and God is, and I'm using air quotes here because I don't even know if I'm using this word correctly, but He is superintending every season of our life. 
And he's not just watching from a distance, but he's involved just as close as the mention of his name. And there is a purpose for every season of your life. And the purpose of every season is to bring glory and honor to him. And it's for you to have the opportunity and your family to grow. And when we understand the purpose in the season, it helps us live it out a whole lot better. Because what Coach Jimmy is saying, and what I'm trying to help you understand today, is your destiny was created in eternity, but your life is experienced in seasons. And while our heart is positioned toward heaven, our reality is we live here and we're walking through troubles and we're often walking through pain and we're often walking through sorrows. And even though the changes that are happening in our life can be joyful and overwhelming, getting from this place to that place is hard sometimes. And so when you're in between and you're in the process and you're not quite where you want to be, what we have to do is live that moment in light of that day. That when we get to rejoice around the throne of God, your destiny was created in eternity, but your life is experienced in seasons. And so that means everything that God wanted you to experience in life was written in eternity before your life even began. And so if there's a moment that you're in that's hard and it's uncomfortable and there's something within you that's fighting against it, recognize it's a part of your story and God can receive glory and honor from it. And you can learn something in it. And I pray that you would lean forward that you would do the opposite of what comes natural, which is often to lean away, fight against, and want to run away from But to lean forward into the future that God has for you and recognize there's purpose in the season. And you may say, but this season, like the process of this change, it's sucking the life out of me. Yeah, but you can still have joy in it. Because joy is that supernatural work of the Holy Spirit that's just the fruit of His Spirit that comes when you spend time in His presence. And so like Solomon, there is a time to grow up. There is a time to build. There is a time for you to move forward. And there is a time to heal. There is a time for you to let go. And there is a time for you to love. And here's what I'd say to you. Now is that time. Now is that time for you to experience, regardless of your situation, don't you dare stop building. Don't you dare stop growing. Don't you dare stop moving forward. Don't stop forgiving. Don't stop healing. Don't stop letting go of hurt and bitterness. Don't stop loving. Keep moving forward. Because regardless of your circumstance, this is your season. This is your season. Now live this day in view of that day. Would you stand with me? Jesus, I thank you that you were with us through every season. God, when we're on the mountaintop with our hands in the air and beating our chest in victory, you were there. 
But God, when we find ourselves isolated and we find ourselves alone and we're wondering, scratching our head, what in the world is happening right now? God, you're with us in that moment, in that season as well. And I pray that today that we would recognize that these moments don't catch you off guard. These moments don't surprise you. But in the middle of the change, in the middle of the adversity, in the middle of the process, you are our hope. And you are our peace. You are our joy. You are our healer. You are our comforter. You are our salvation. And you never change. And when we need mercies, they're new every day. When we rest in your faithfulness, we know your faithfulness is great. Lord, as I've been reminding myself often, it is all good because you were always good. It is all good because you are always good. And in the end, it's going to be okay. And if it's not the okay, we can recognize this ain't the end. This season is temporary. So, Lord, may we lean forward. May we heal. May we experience your peace. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray.